get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The great Joe Vitale joins us now on 101 ESPN. Joey and Curbs will have the call for the Blues and Avalanche game three tonight, 8.30 at Enterprise Center. There will be 9,000 fans in attendance. Looking forward to that. Good morning, Joey. How you doing? Randy, good morning. Yeah, 9,000 fans. Boy, it's going to feel like a KISS concert back in the <laughs> 1980s. I'm excited for this one. It's going to be great. Our question of the day is, the Blues win game three tonight if blank. So what's your answer? Um, you know what? The Blues win game three tonight if Bennington can continue to play the way he did in the first two periods of game one. You know, I think that the Blues can be opportunistic, maybe get a couple power plays and have that power play continue to click the way it's been going. Mike Hoffman maybe gets a power play goal. You know, one thing I like about the scoring aspect of it, you go back to game two with Sammy Blay scoring that one from behind the net, even Mike Hoffman's goal kind of a leaky goal for Philip Grubauer, who's been really steady all season long. So if he continues to be a little leaky here and there, I think the Blues can get up by one or two, and then hopefully Bennington can shut the door. Okay, Joey, but how do they stop Nathan McKinnon? Um, Well, again, I think that you need to go in the locker room, and I think you need to remove the blades from his skates. (laughs) I need you need to take every stick he traveled with to St. Louis, snap him in half, and start a bonfire outside the Enterprise Center. And to me, that's a good start. Yeah. You know, that's definitely a good start. I think that's the way you got to go about it. No, uh, in all seriousness, the, you know, the way, the way you stop an elite player like that is you just can't allow him to get to the offensive zone. If he got to the offensive zone, to me, it's like, it's like D-Day, guys. You know, the, the, the Germans, I think it was the Germans, right, in D-Day, the Germans were trying to keep all the troops away from the beach, right? Omaha Beach, the wonderful, wonderful day there and, and for World War II, a great victory for the Americans. You know, keep them off the beach. That, that was the key. But once they, once they got on that beach, then they knew they were going to take over that beach. Now, the huge pivotal point of that war. Same, same way with Nathan McKinnon. Now, I hate to use that as an example. I hate using war references because it's a completely different thing. But for Nathan, he's dangerous when he gets on the beach. He's dangerous when he's in the offensive zone. So you have to just completely keep him away. I mean, the way he moves around the offensive zone, it's like no player does in the National Hockey League. He almost acts as a third defenseman at times. You know, he scored those two goals there. I mean, I think it was uh, the down score redirection on the one, but then his goal in the third period, he's at the blue line. He's splitting the defense. I mean, you don't see forwards get up that high. So he's kind of really changing the game and how forwards are, are thinking to play the game. And that's what the best do. They continue to evolve and change the way the game's played. But for him, in order to shut him down, the Blues need to just smother and play in the offensive zone where you got to make him play in the defensive zone. You've got to be so responsible with the puck. You know, if you had the puck in the corner on, on next to Philip Grubauer tonight, 
don't just throw it away, especially when you're out there against them. You know, Craig Booby's going to get some good matchups here tonight, the ones he's probably looking to get. I can kind of see him getting away from Ryan O'Reilly-McKinnon matchup, even though that's the way they started it. But with Ryan O'Reilly, you know, he's a dash seven, and this, this top line has just been uh, unloading on our top line. So maybe you get the O'Reilly and the Shen group away from them a little bit to get productivity up a little bit. But whoever's going to go out there and shut this line down, you got to keep things simple. You got to get out of your zone. You got to move together through the neutral zone. You got to put it in the offensive zone. And you just have to play a very patient game. Don't don't look to score goals when you're out there against them. Don't look to create chances. Just stay on the defensive side of everything. Make the simplest, most boring play you can ever imagine. And if you do that and continue just to chip it out and chip it out, Nathan McKinnon's going to have to keep going back to his own zone. He's going to keep going back to his own zone. I remember playing, you know, with Sidney Crosby, kind of the same way as Nathan McKinnon. Those guys want to play in the offensive zone. They want to score goals. And the, the best way to frustrate those players, I remember being on the bench when Sid would snap six. He, he's tired of playing his D zone. He's tired of getting defensive zone faceoffs. That's where you can really put a mark on Nathan McKinnon. You cannot allow him to get to the offensive zone uh, any shape, way, or form. What do you think the first five minutes are going to be like tonight? You're down 2-0. You had a physical game number two that uh, probably warranted suspensions, and you got 9,000 people in the building. What do you think it's going to be like the first five, ten minutes of this game? Dan, I think this is going to be a series. I'm not just saying that because I'm being, I'm being positive and I'm, and I'm biased and I'm, and I'm representing this team. I, I know this group of guys. I've been around them a long time. I know the makeup of Ryan O'Reilly. I know the makeup of players like Braden Shen. Uh, and it just filters down to this team. There's so much pride and there's so much bounce back with these guys. We've seen it since 2018 when Craig Berube took over, and, and it's still relevant today. You're looking at your best defenseman just got knocked out of game two after an illegal hit from Nazem Kadri, who's a repeat offender, who I do not believe will be back the rest of this series, maybe maybe in the future series if Colorado can get past the Blues. Um, you're looking at Justin Falk go down. You're looking at Robert Bortuzzo go down. I mean, you talk about a heart and soul guy. Robert Robert is a player that whenever someone gets banged up into a corner or someone gets cheap shotted, Robert was the guy that I play with him in the minors. I play with him in Pittsburgh. He, there's nothing phony about him. There's nothing phony about the way he plays. He's out there barking at players, fighting players. You know, a lot of players get their kicks in this National Hockey League of like playing the role, right? You play the tough guy role. You act like you're, you're kind of mouthy. You're mouthy, but when you actually get push comes to shove and you actually need to fight, they kind of skate away. They're kind of phony, right? Robert's the opposite of that. He, he's a guy that cares so much about this group and is always there to back his, his, his players up if anything should go wrong. So you're looking at Falk, your best defense to go down, a heart and soul guy in Robert Bortuzzi to go down. There is so much pride in this team. They're looking at what happened in game two, and they're going to come back with a major, major bounce back game here tonight. I'm not going to say they're going to win this series. You know, it's too, it's too far ahead to, to really make that prediction. But I'm telling you right now, they're going to start making this a series more, more so than a lot of experts are giving them credit for. Joey, we talk so much about your best players having to be your best players. And as we listen to you and Curbs, we don't hear the name Vladimir Tarasenko very much. Is it a physical thing? Do you think it's mental just dealing with the shoulder? Or is it something else with Vladimir Tarasenko that he's basically invisible during the games? Yeah, you know, honestly, to be truthful, I'm laying off Laddie because, to me, I think there's something going on injury-wise. These are those things, you know, with playoffs, as you guys know, I mean, it's so tight-lipped. You can't get hardly any access to injuries and what players are really going through. Heck, we're not allowed in the room anymore because of COVID. Uh, So between the playoffs where it's already tight and COVID, we can't be around these guys anyway. It's very hard to get a good read on what these players are going through. Uh, I, I have certainly given Vladimir Tarasenko the benefit of the doubt, and I think it's probably the responsible thing for a lot of fans to do, too. 
You know, he's dealt with two back-to-back, actually three shoulder surgeries over the last few seasons. He's missed basically two years of hockey. And not to mention, he's been dealing with a lower body injury before playoffs started. I'm actually looking at the flip side. I, I think he's probably not ready to play, but he's just trying to go out there and make a difference in the game. You talk about pride. You talk about players who want to go out there and make a difference. I think that's the trouble right now. I think Vladdy wants to go out there and do that. And the coach is saying, well, if you want to go out, give it a shot and give it a try. We could certainly use you. But at the same time, you only can do so much. That, but if your body can't keep up with what your mind's trying to do, then, of course, it's not going to work out too well. You know, Craig Ruby has talked about repeatedly over the last couple of weeks to the adjustment we need to see out of Vladdy is that he's got to turn him more into a power forward than an actual sniper. You know, those, those shots from the outside, those where he was picking apart corners and just feeling confident. That, that's got to, he's got to get a little bit more away from that and think more of like a Tom Wilson style of hockey. He's got to dip his shoulder. He's got to get to the middle. He's got to be physical. But, guys, again, if, if you can't keep up with it and the speed's not there, and like I said, I think he's dealing with a lower body injury, there's really only so much you can do at that point. Joey, speaking of difference makers, how much do the Blues miss David Perron? Hey, listen, it's huge. I, you know, the old saying, you don't know what you have till it's gone. I think it's, it's so true with DP57. You know, a lot, lot, what fans don't understand, you know, they, they just see him on the ice. But, but what, what's, what's missing more about David is, you know, I, I see him in the locker room. I see him on flights. I see him chumming it up in the, in the hotel lobbies. He's a very vocal kid. He's very loud. You know, a lot of those French Canadians are really relatively very quiet. I think like a Chris Letang, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. They're kind of more reserved. Uh, you know, a lot of French Canadians actually get a really bad rap. They kind of, they're kind of known to be kind of selfish at times. And this doesn't apply to all of them. Of course, Russians kind of get the same, uh, you know, kind of cliche on them too, where they can be kind of selfish and think about themselves a lot, but there are exceptions, you know, and I look at David Perron as a major exception to that kind of French Canadian look on, on what, how players, you know, view them. He's a, he's a very charismatic guy. He's an amazing teammate. He cares so much about the players next to him. He's one of the loudest, if not the loudest, most vocal player that that team has in that locker room. He's a guy at the, the team breakfast that's always kind of, you know, just carving at people, digging at people's style, whether someone's got a new pair of shoes, you know, whatever it is. But, but he brings light. He brings that breeziness. I think to this team and that energy, you know, the energy is, is such an important thing, especially during playoffs. You know, you look at 2019, what Pat Maroon did, what did he provide more than anything? He provided energy. He wasn't a very fast player. He wasn't a really effective player. He couldn't score a lot of goals, but he brought energy and he brought that kind of that, that loving, just wonderful spirit to the locker room. And I think that's what David is bringing that he hasn't brought in the last, you know, two games and to game three here tonight. But the Blues really miss more than anything, you know, and, and aside from all that wonderful stuff he brings, uh, that kind of color stuff behind the scenes in the locker room and the hotel room and stuff, you look at him on the ice. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a better puck possessor in the game right now than David Perron. He can, do, he can do things with one hand on his stick that a lot of players can't do with two hands on a stick. You know, he kind of frees up that hand, protects the puck. He's almost impossible to take it from. You know, I think that Ryan O'Reilly has been known for being a good puck I think Ryan is probably the best stripper probably in the, in the game as far as how he can strip pucks, steal pucks, and get them back. But when you actually have the puck in your possession, I think David Prawn actually blows Ryan O'Reilly out of the water because his low center of gravity, the way he just kind of his core work on the puck, the way he leans into checks, his counter hits. Um, so puck possession is what the Blues miss so desperately on the ice, and that's something where you don't have good puck possession. You can't have the puck too long in the offensive zone, and then you don't have that wave-after-wave approach of, of offensive zone hockey, grind it down, get it to the net, here comes the next shift, here we go, because it's just been so one-and-done in the offensive zone for this Blues team. So from a puck possession standpoint, that has been a huge miss 
as David Perron has been out, and we don't know when he's going to be back. Again, you look at the timeline for, I know Blues fans like, well, when can we get DP back? Jake Wallman was on the COVID list before David Perron. He's not available in tonight's game. It's possible for game four. So if you look at that timeline, if, if Wallman was on it before Perron, I don't think we can really expect him back before game five. Joey V, one last thing before we let you go. Nobody knows more about concussions in hockey than Joe Vitale because you dealt with multiple severe concussion issues. And you saw what Kadri did the other night. And we heard you just say that he should be suspended for the rest of this series, if not more of the postseason. But ultimately, what, what should happen with a guy like that who clearly shows no respect for the other players on the ice? Well, I think you just have to make a dent um, just severely, severely where, you know, I think the league has done a good job as far as you know, how do, how do you really make change? you got to dig in these guys' wallets. So the fines, the suspensions, you know, taking money away from these guys is number one. Uh, I think you got to come down hard on Nazem Kadri. I really do. I mean, we've seen him in the past use his stick as a weapon. We've seen him go after heads. There was a complete disregard. I think Tom Wilson is another player that kind of has that kind of predator um, appeal to the game that you just want to see get the heck away from there. I think there's about five or six players left in the game that I think they really got to come down hard on to really kind of let it just go and then get it away from the game. And not to mention the, the whole fighting aspect. I, I think, I think fighting in five years, guys, I, I just don't think you're going to see it anymore. You know, in European Olympic hockey, there's no fights. You drop the gloves, you're out of the game. You're just ejected. And I think that's what the league just really has to come to at this point um, because head injuries, um, it, it, it's scary. It's scary stuff to see what Justin Falk went through. His eyes look like they were in the back of his head when he got up. And so it's one of those things that you, you hate to see it. And then not to mention, we're going to allow these guys to fight with bare knuckles going at each other's faces. It just, uh, I think in five years, it's going to, it's going to evaporate. It's going to get away from the game because, you know, as, as parents, you, you want your kids to play hockey, right? You prepare them to, to stick handle and shoot and score goals and have fun with their friends. You're not, you're not preparing your kids to learn how to take an elbow to the head. You're not, you're not, you're not training your kids at age 10 to cross check someone in the ribs. I mean, if you want to do that, go, go, go get them into judo or, or taekwondo. Cause they, cause they do plenty of that. You want to learn a kid to choke, choke a kid out. There's plenty of martial arts to do that, but this is the game of hockey. You want, you want it to be about the skill. You want to see what Nathan McKinnon is doing to the game. You want to see what Connor McDavid did this year, getting 105 points in 56 games. Are you kidding me? That's what makes hockey so special. And then in order to, to get to that point, you have to kind of free up and get rid of some of this nonsense that we're seeing in the league. And, and the Nazem Kadri hit, uh, to me, again, I, I do believe he will not be back in this series, maybe maybe even to the next series, again, if Colorado can get there. The, the Tyson-Jost one's a little bit different. Uh, I, I, I've looked at that one over and over again. Um, he looked like he was kind of being a little defense on the defensive side when Bortuzzo was coming after him. That may not even warrant a suspension at all. He doesn't have a history. So we may see Tyson Jones back in the lineup, but I, I just don't think we're going to see Nazem Kadri anytime soon. Joey V, have a great weekend. We'll be tuned in tonight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. See you later. That is Joe Vitale with us, as he is every Friday here on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. 
and in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.